0: Log Talk Radio.
1: Welcome to the show. This is the Pop Rocks Radio Talk Show. I'm your host, Pop Art Painter Jamie Rocks, and this is the big show. You found it. I'm sure. I'm glad you did. Hey, I hope everybody had a fantastic weekend and a uh, you know uh, either a good Valentine's Day with your uh, your your sweetheart or um, a good anti Valentine's Day. You know, um, cutting out you know cutting pictures a part of you and your ex or whatever. However it went, I hope it was good. From your particular point of view, anyhow, I am very excited. Uh, today on our show, we have a couple of fantastic, uh, really, really cool guests. They have a new movie that dropped today, it's a documentary, a, uh, a documentary about the, uh, the 2015 tour of uh, The Briggs, fantastic uh, punk band out of Los Angeles. And it's brought to us by Mr. Kevin James Berry, who's on the show with us today, and Mr. Joey uh, LaRoca, lead vocals. Gentlemen, yeah. how are you? Doing good, man. Yeah, we're good. <laughs> how are you, Jamie? I'm doing great. You know, it's so, I am not in the movie business. I'm a painter. I paint pictures of people and stuff for a living. been doing that a long time. And before I started doing the show, I was so ignorant in so many aspects of filmmaking and uh, and still am uh, on many uh, but I was one of those guys a civilian if you will who thought you know this is a cool show TV show or movie or something they must have filmed this last week and um, boy was I surprised to find out that that's not how movie time works
2: uh, <laughs> years yeah. could go
1: by when they film that and in, in this case I guess it kinda of did. Well, we had the pandemic and all that kind of stuff happened. Um but this was for the two thousand fifteen tour, right? Yeah, that's right. Really, yeah, it's a, it, it was a bit of a uh
2: you know, a
3: thing in the making for sure. I mean it was it was a, a long wielded thing that actually was filmed even had some footage from back in like two thousand and twelve and whatnot. Wow. So it's it, it's you know, that I think I think I think by by standards of uh documentary style things that's that's really useful cuz you get a lot of depth and uh in perspective on something based on on you know a, a longer time horizon and more more uh more just clarity on what on what what you're watching you know so yeah so it it does seem like a little like whoa that was that's an odd odd time Frame and odd, you know, moment for this to come out, but uh, you know, it also is again one of those, one of those. It's sort of timeless in that way of where it's just because it's a human story of just people on the road, which just you know that can doesn't matter when it is. It's just it's just an interesting little peek into someone's life, you know.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. I grew up. No, I'm I'm a little older, probably than you guys. I grew up in Metro Detroit. And uh, I remember mm-hmm. my first punk show, I, I was a, I was more of a new wave kid. Uh, in secret, all of my friends were metalheads. Um, you know, you didn't want to admit that you, you listened to Adam Ant. In those days, everything was very uh, genre-based. But um, then, totally. then I met a girl, guys. I met a girl. She had spiked hair, you know, wore fishnets and stuff. She was punk rock. And um, her name was Donna, I remember. Anyway, she took me to my first show. And uh, I showed up wearing my craftwork T-shirt, and um, yeah. she was a tough girl. She was out. We who was playing? It was uh, Angry Red Planet, Sonic Fan, a bunch of West Coast uh, bands at this. You can't even call it a club, man. It was just an abandoned building that they decided to have bands play in. Um, it was crazy. Nice. But uh, I I stood on the periphery of the circle. She was in the pit. Um, <laughs> You know, throwing down with the uh, with the girls, basically. But that introduced me to, <laughs> um, to to punk rock. I mean, I had heard the Clash and stuff like that before, and Sex Pistols, of course, but I had never seen anything like that, you know. And uh, yeah, I, I don't think you can get more rock and roll than a punk show. <laughs> you know, it's pretty raw. It's pretty awesome. And you guys Especially really captured that shows. in this documentary. You know. I
3: yeah. really enjoyed it nice yeah i love that I love that style of things too though you know the the warehouse style the some of my favorite shows were very makeshift uh, venues that were not intended to be venues whatsoever. Not so much that that doesn't really show up much on the documentary, but, but just as a personal note, that's something that I do love. <laughs>
1: <Right>. <laughs> well, it was very DIY, I guess. They they didn't call it that then, you know. It was, like I said, it was Detroit, right. you know. I mean, every other building was a – you had a church, a liquor store, and a, a bombed-out abandoned building, you know. That, that was Detroit that's back that. in the day. I've heard it's changed. i heard it's very nice. now. I haven't been in 20 years, but. It was that was the scene then, you know. You go outside and there's will yeah. be fire on fire, and, yeah, Detroit. But, um, <laughs> you know, it was this was a cool documentary. I it captured that feel, and it's funny because, you know, doing during uh doing the podcast here, we this is episode I think it's like I don't know 1200 and something, and i talked to a lot of bands and whatnot, and a lot of young bands, which is it, it's kind of humorous in a way because. You know, they, they have that drive and that passion, and they're like, oh, we're getting ready to go on tour, you know, and it's like, guys, mm-hmm. I don't know how many supermodels you're going to be hanging out with or VIP club parties, but um, out of all the musicians I know, that really isn't what a little, you know, three-week tour is going to be like, <laughs> you know? You yeah. Know? <laughs> yeah, it is pretty it's amazing
3: the, the, that disillusion that still exists, right? It, it is kind of funny mm. that, that there is still that kind of misconception of what, what to experience. What's weird is that I feel like even when I was really young, when I was like 18, 19, when I started tour for the first time, I was excited to go out because I, 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 I knew exactly what I was getting myself into. I wanted to be in a van with a bunch of dudes and like, with, in just trying to scrape by a city to a city, like that just sounded like fun, you know, but it was, I had no misconception that we were going to be in some, you know, backstage VIP with, you know, bottle service or something. I, I knew the grunginess of it and I liked that. That was what, that's what appealed to me, you know. So yeah, it is funny that, that there still is that kind of, that, that, that misconception. You're like, wow. That's-. I mean, especially nowadays, everything is documented. Everything is so easily right. accessible and seen. Right. You would think you might have watched a thing or two to go. Oh, that's what it's really like.
2: You <laughs> did get hooked up with the in think? Reno though. What was that? What there, was a, there was a little yeah after Reno. I remember that you guys got yeah. I mean, that's
3: happened yeah. a few yeah. times, and even that's that happens a couple of times. You know, like we definitely. We we played a, a place with Anti-Flag in Miami, and the owner of the club owned the club that was next door, which was totally, like, you know, dance club, bottle service kind of place. <laughs> no, and no, he no, was like, no, oh, you guys yeah. want to come hang out after the show? And they're like, sure. But then I ended up getting kicked out for uh, unruly behavior, but whatever. But it's, you know, said, so like... Definitely, it happens, but it's certainly not the norm that you end up in a place with, like, short-skirt girls dancing on, you know, on the bar or something. Like
1: that.
2: Yeah, it really struck me how fast the pace was, how er- how everything had to keep moving, like, immediately after a show. It was just, like, yeah. enough, get in the van and start driving all night. And it was that process over and over and over again. And uh, you didn't even have time to stop at, like, a, a hotel or anything. It was just always on the move. Yeah, yeah depending absolutely. especially
3: on, on where... You know, on the East Coast, it's one thing. You know, if you're doing like a, a string of shows, or like in New York and then the Boston and stuff like that, where things in Philly, where everything's a little bit more close together. But it's West closer. Coast is a little hard. Right. You got you have got oh, seven man. hour drives. You know, so it's like you got to keep moving.
1: <laughs> exactly. That Texas route is bad too. But any of that? Man, oh yeah, exactly. The desert. You're like, oh, when does it end? <laughs> Are we gonna get there? You know, it's uh yeah, On our on our first
3: crazy. on our first tour, we were in a like an old old van, and it didn't have AC, and it was in the middle of the summer, and we were driving to Texas, and we just had the doors of the van, like the side side sliding doors, just open, and so we're like <laughs> rolling rolling down the freeway at eighty miles an hour with the doors wide open. And everyone's driving by, like what the fuck is going? We just look like a bunch <laughs> of grungy dude, just sweat, just matted to our bodies while we're just like, oh, man. just trying to stay cool from the wind, even though it's like a hundred degree wind. <laughs>
1: right, right. Oh, it's it's crazy. I I remember the last time I was in San Antonio, I got hassled by the, um, I guess it was the border patrol. I have black hair, and uh, I'm I'm Cherokee Indian. So I'm kind of dark looking, you know, and uh, they come up, you know, oh, you got your papers and blah 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 and you know, as soon as I open my mouth and start they're like, Get out of here, kid, you know, they're I mean, <laughs> not <laughs> what we're looking for. But um yeah, I remember I remember getting helpful there. Um, but it's crazy, you know, it's 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 interesting though, because you guys really did capture that. And and I think um well let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. No, did Kevin and Joey, did you guys know each other before this documentary uh, came about? I or Kevin, were you just like a fan of the yeah. band and said, hey, I want to make a movie? Yeah, I, was, I started off as a, as a fan. I've been a big
2: fan of theirs uh, since I was really young. And uh, I got a chance to meet Joey uh, at the bar um, in Boston after one of their shows. And uh, we got to talk about movies and music and stuff. And <clears throat> I asked him if he'd uh, be willing to share some of the Briggs music for a, a narrative film that I was doing and put into the soundtrack. And he agreed to that, so we kind of kept in touch afterwards. And then when I moved to L.A., we started shooting music videos, rehearsals uh, for the Briggs, um, and just started collaborating that way. And then when the tour came around in 2015, that's kind of when it clicked in my head that if I had shot the tour, I'd have enough
1: footage to make a documentary out of that and all the other things that I've been shooting with him.
3: Yeah.
1: Nice. Nice. I was, co- I was in college in Boston, I uh, – I spent six years up there, man. It was I lived in Dorchester and rode the uh, the T and all that. Um, I imagine Kevin, if you're listening to the Briggs, you were probably you know eating potato pancakes at the Rat Skeller. That was the place to be. Yeah. I think it's since closed down. Yeah. Did we, you hang the, man did Ray, we eat you know. in the Middle East? Yeah. The oh East. yeah, right there. Middle East, yeah. The Middle East was the place. Um, Matter of fact, a friend of mine who's still DJing when he's not touring with his uh, particular band he's in still has a night there at the middle in the basement. <laughs> I just got the email. Yeah. Day. Oh man. They're it's still doing spot. it. Still
2: doing it. It's crazy. Let me
1: ask you this. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, yeah. it was, well, it was one of those you know, places that, you know, <laughs> and they always need a place to hang out. Um, yeah. it's uh where does one of the cool. oh yeah they're they're always you know there they're always going to be some you know and and if there isn't a dedicated place it'll be you know wednesday night at some gay bar or something you know where they take over um yeah. every town every town has uh, <laughs> you know <laughs> our crowd <laughs> you know it's uh US.
3: This is a message from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Older adults and people of any age who have serious underlying medical conditions are at higher risk for severe illness from COVID 19. If you are at higher risk, you should stay home as much as possible and avoid close contact with people who are sick to protect yourself. Call your doctor if you have concerns about COVID-19 and your medical condition, or if you get sick. For more information, visit cdc.gov. Metal Babe
2: Mayhem
1: MichelleObrien. dot com, very very cool stuff. Check it out, folks. I was going to ask you, Joey. You know, starting how cool is this? You start you and your brother start a punk band, but what was it? like two thousand something like that. Like it was back in the day. Yeah, it was about. And
3: yeah, it was about ninety
1: nine, two thousand. So you're a kid. And you, you start a band, you yeah. know, like, like so many do. And then you've seen, like, like the evolution and resurgence and, and the peaks and valleys of, of, like, your particular scene, you know. Um, yeah. You know, kind of fading back a little bit and coming back, you know. How, what is yeah. that experience like, you know, being a, 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 a godfather of punk, you know, or, or West Coast punk, I should say. You know, that's got to be cool.
3: Yeah, I mean, it it is. In hindsight, it's it's obviously a much different picture. And in, in the in the time, it just was what was going on. You know, it was just it was just happening as it was. I mean, we we had had a few bands before that. Um, you know, Jason and I spent our teenagehood doing bands together. So we had we had several different bands, and we would play locally and things like that. We didn't have we weren't uh we hadn't taken it to the next step yet anyways, but um but once we kind of started that we started the briggs and and it it moved kind of quickly. It, it was it was it went well and got interest pretty quickly and we but we were also just super active. Like we just made a decision that we mm. were just going to play every weekend no matter what. Like we're just going to play shows. Doesn't matter where. Someone's backyard, <laughs> at a bar, at a club, whatever, it doesn't matter. So we just played and played and played and just started to build up a little scene, like really ground roots, extremely just like, you know, literally in, in, in backyards. So, um, and we would, and we do little like regional trips. We'd go over to Arizona or go up north in Northern California and stuff like that. And, um, you know, and start to try and fan out a little bit. Um, so, yeah, you know, it was it was really cool. You know, I was. It is interesting to see the difference in the scene then and the scene now. It was definitely a lot more dangerous, a lot more. Uh, you know, uh, I don't know. There were there were a lot less rules, but it it also it's yeah. So it, it's kind of interesting in that respect that it like you know I, I I just remember that because I was I was a little bit of a a square compared to what most people were. Went at back in those days in terms of you know drug use and things like that. It was not really so. I but you had to hide it. You had to pretend you were a junkie. You had to pretend right. you were a total fuck up. That was, that was like that was like sort of you had to be a part of the of the team. Where now you could be anything. Like you could be like, yeah, I don't I don't do anything, and I you know I'm straight edge and I'm I'm vegan and everything else. Right. And it's like, oh yeah, totally. That's cool. You know, but if back you know back then it was just like what. Well, you know, get out of here, square but exactly. like so, you know it. It definitely, it definitely has changed in that in that respect. Um, but which is, you know, obviously, it's in, in. It's good in the sense that, cool, like acceptance of of anyone that whatever they want to do with their bodies and things like that. But it's just there was a rite of passage to some degree where you had to be a little bit.
2: You know, it was mm-hmm. it was definitely a lot more. Aggressive, if you will. That's Interesting, because I thought that culture was just Boston, and then I moved out to LA, and every, like people in their twenties, early twenties, are going to like AA and rehab and stuff. And like, yeah, right. I Don't really see that, and like that's not the culture. Like you have to wait till you're like fifty-eight and you like had three DUIs before you go get help. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely.
1: But, you,
3: know, well, but, you know. That I, was... I think that one thing though is that band, bands. And I feel like to some degree the the um, the process hasn't changed much. It's like you know you you start you start off small and you and you and you build that up by doing tours and stuff like that and really ground roots your 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 um, audience and things like that. At, at least in my in my perspective, is what is the successful route to take, you know. I think that, like, a lot, and and also just using what you have, you know, like record on a little, on a little fucking tape recorder if that's what you have, you know, uh, not like crowdfunding for, oh, we need 20 grand so we can record a record. Like, no, no, (laughs) do it with what you got. Make, make what you have with what you got and then, and build it from there, you know? But, uh, yeah, as far as that being, and I think that it's really, it's, it's, it it has had its ebbs and flows though i i think that for there was a good 10 year period there um where i feel like it was not as easy that process was not as easy because there just wasn't as many fans uh that really were you know they had kind of moved on to other other things either grown out of the scene or just not really interested in that style of music at the time but it's definitely coming back in a really nice way there is a really good number of uh, of younger kids that are getting into what what we deem as guitar music you know versus mm-hmm. like EDM or, or electronic music there's guitar music you know music that's played by real instruments by by um, you know by dudes in a garage so it's cool to see that it's really Fun to see that there's like kind of this because I ne- I thought it would never happen. I thought it was dead. I thought like this right. rock and roll's never going to come back. It's it's over, you know. But then I'm seeing all these like 13, 14 year old kids like playing guitar on TikTok and shit and to Nirvana and and you know Soundgarden. And I'm I'm like, what it. the fuck is going on?
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So. I hit L.A. I am. Um, I got out of school and uh, out of, in Boston. And I wanted the exact opposite of Boston. I said, "I got I am sick of snow. I know I sound like an old man, but, but mm-hmm. seriously, you know I, I really I really hated shoveling my parking space out and then putting a lawn chair so nobody would take it in the space. I was very big in Boston. and um, mm-hmm. so I moved to San Diego of all places because I didn't know any better. And uh, San Diego's very nice. don't get me don't send me emails, everybody. It's just a very beautiful, nice, fun town. Well, it's very nice. Beautiful town. Uh, But I was in L.A. every weekend because that's where things were happening. And it seemed to be happening. Mm. And I remember hitting L.A. for the first time. This was in the the very late 90s, probably 98, something like that. And I rolled into L.A. stupidly thinking it was going to be Headbangers Ball. You know, I'm like, okay, where's the whiskey? Where's the – I I need spandex girls, strippers with big hair. I thought that's what it was going to be. And it was really the height yeah. of the, I don't know what you'd call it, the the, the guitar, the guy doing an acoustic show with the guitar like a guitar, like a wine bar or something. It was kind of that scene, and uh, right, you know, all the music was just whining and heartbreak, and I'm just like, oh, this is this is terrible. I don't like this at all. You yeah, know, <laughs> no, this isn't what I expected. Yeah, um, I know. But you it, know, it,
3: it's funny. Yeah, that. That scene, that whiskey Roxy scene, definitely uh, had outlived as a legacy, outlived itself because it it, that had died back so long ago. But everyone still had that concept that the Sunset Strip was like this, was like basically what you see in like the Motley Crue movie, you know, or whatever. And it's like. Been gone for a super long time, you know. But, but it, you know, like I said, the legacy outlived itself because it, because it, it definitely everyone had that concept. And some people really tried to keep it that way, you know. They really tried to like mm. make those clubs uh, still have that sort of big hair kind of thing. But it was just, it was, they tried, they were just trying too hard because it was, it didn't want to, it didn't want to be there, you know. That seemed as dead. Now I think it could do it. I think there's enough people that are into that kind of thing, where that could totally be kind of right. a, a you know a revitalizing of of the you know '80s '80s well, Sunset Strip.
1: You know, there certainly are a lot of uh, metal cover bands. I, I see books. I get stuff every day. Totally. <laughs> uh, you know, direct me- message me. Up come check out this and blah, blah, blah. I'm like I'm 3,000 miles away got it. Um, but thanks for Oliver, uh, inviting me but it's it's crazy you know and you're right about the uh, the drug scene and what not too I remember like I never I, growing up in Detroit like none of my friends I'm not saying drugs weren't happening there, there was definitely people you know crackheads and, and stuff like that but all of my friends I mean we couldn't afford any drugs you know nobody had that kind of money mm-hmm. um you know, I was hanging out with musicians, you know, kind of like, like how you guys start, You know, they were doing what they could use to, um, you know, but everybody was broke. They couldn't, you know, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't VIP bottle service and laser beams, and all that kind of thing. Yeah,
3: um, yeah, we get I a couple you. of drink tickets, you know, a couple of red drink
1: tickets. Nice. <laughs> I'm telling you, the majority of bands I saw, I got this weird reputation. I don't know what happened. Um, but a lot of my friends were in bands and they're like, Hey, yeah, you can come see the show. Uh, you don't mind running the merch tables. I ran so many merch tables, yeah. uh, but that's how I got to see shows. <laughs> and I had to work, which brings me to a point, um, that you, uh, that, that you guys make very well with this, uh, the documentary and, and, and talking to you and whatnot. Um, there's no shortcuts. You gotta work. I, mean, I don't care what it is you're doing. You gotta put in the work. Yeah. And um, yeah. And you gotta just do it. You know. Uh, it, it doesn't stop. Um, any successful person I know. You know. Again, it doesn't matter if they're in a, in musicians or whatever, filmmakers, whatever. Uh, yeah. the, the big secret that nobody seems to get <laughs> from people getting into the scene is what I'm saying is you gotta work. <laughs> Get ready for eighteen-hour yeah, days. <laughs> that's what the you're the signing people, up for. I mean, the people that that succeed understand.
3: You know, I mean, I think that there's there's always going to be a lot of people that are sort of looking for the path. You know, and that's with anything mm. uh, in terms of, it, it, particularly in the arts, they kind of they're always looking to people to go. How do I do this? How do I get to you know? How do I get to fame? Or how do I get that? And, you know, and it's fine. Like there's nothing wrong with having mentors and there's nothing wrong with having, you know, getting advice from people and stuff like that. But the thing is, is that the things that work for, for those people isn't going to work for you. You know what I mean? Like you, you kind of right. have to find your own path. And that part of that is just the the grinding of, of of trying shit and failing. You know what I mean? It's like every, all those steps and you go, okay, yeah, that didn't work. Or yeah, the, looking back at that, that was a really good time that we we put all that work into putting you know get, uh, uh organizing our own shows or or you know going out mm. on that that short run on the west coast whatever it is you know it's just like the, all those things even if they don't necessarily uh, you know amount to what you expect it to or whatever. Just the just the, the process of, of, of trying things and actually just doing things, you know. I find I see that mm-hmm. there's a lot of people that generally will just spend a lot of time asking, What do I do? What do I do? What do I do? It's like, you know what? <laughs> just get out there and just try shit. You know what I mean? Right. Try and fail like a bunch. It's really helpful and it's really useful, you know?
1: And so, really it'll teach it, you teaching moments, man. It'll teach and harden yeah harden your skin up too a little bit, you know. That's I went to dinner a couple of weeks ago with uh, me and my wife. We were friends with this uh, young couple and uh, uh, the, the one girl in the, in the couple, she, she, uh, de- she's be- decided she wants to be a writer. And, uh, and that's great. Mm-hmm. You know, she's, and she's written a lot. She's got two books already uh, finished and she's been sending them out, you know, so we're at dinner and she's kind of long. I'm like, what's, what's the, what's the matter? What's going on? She goes, well, I got two rejection letters today. Just got me down. I'm like, you're just two. <laughs> you yeah, know, mm-hmm. that's a good day. Be happy. At yeah. Three or fifteen. Um, right. That she's, you know, and you can't really give advice to some because you don't want to, you know, come off like a know-it-all or something. But um, I, me sure. and my wife were talking later about it, and I was telling her, I said, you know, that this is all good. I feel bad, but it's good. This will teach her. As a, as an artist, as, as a – not everyone's going to dig your stuff, <laughs> and that's okay. Totally. <laughs> you know, yeah. find the ones that do Yeah,
2: you. failure means you're trying, um, at least. So it's
1: not yeah, the worst thing. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And also, Let it's me ask like, like, guys, I mean, you, you know, know, sometimes – Oh, go ahead.
3: I was just going to say that just uh, further on that point. It's just that, you know, not only – some people won't get it, and then sometimes also you have to realize some people don't get it at first. You know, nice. it even say things that are really great. I mean, how many rec- how many records do you really love that you didn't love the first time you heard it? You know what I mean? It's like I've had I have tons of records where I'm like, I remember when I heard this the first time, I was like, meh. And now, like, now it's like one of my favorite records, you know? So sometimes it's not even just a matter of just, like, people not digging it. It's just they haven't gotten it yet, you know?
1: <laughs> right. Absolutely. Absolutely. It reminds me, I... When I was away at college, I came, I, I still stay in touch with my friends in Detroit, and this, this one gal I knew, she, uh, this young lady I knew, I got a note here, I'm not supposed to say gal anymore, but I'm working on it. Um, this young lady I knew was uh, doing a club night back in Detroit, and she said, hey, everybody's into that weird stuff you listened to in high school. You know, when you come back, will you DJ a night? And I'm no DJ. I'm a terrible DJ, mm-hmm. you know. I play what I like to listen to, not what a crowd likes to listen to. I'm horrible, and uh, but I said, you know, yeah, okay, because I knew, uh, you know, I could only handle hanging out with my my folks for you know a day or two at <laughs> the most. Mm-hmm. Anyone, you know, I just knew it's hard coming home sometimes. But anyway, um, so uh, you know, everybody from high school showed up to this show because she was still friends with everybody. And they expect you know everybody. This was in the '90s. Everybody was into uh, you know, I don't know, alive and you know all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I I listened to that kind of stuff in high school. I wasn't listening to that then. You know, <laughs> I was listening to weird ass German industrial. You know, I mean, so I played mm-hmm. a bunch of music nobody liked. <laughs> it was a total failure. It was horrible, and uh, nobody. Liked, <laughs> I think maybe two people. But, um, you know, it's just, the way it was. but, you know, it's, it's weird how scenes and, and people, and you even said this too, in the, in the film, you know, going on this tour, you weren't the same guy Here you are, your father now, you know, how crazy yeah. is that? Um, and yeah. you know, you're going to be away from your family for a minute there. And, um, you know, you know, you have to make money because, you know, you got little birds in the nest, got to eat, um. Yeah, you know, so that puts a different perspective on things, you know. For sure. Yeah, it is
3: very, it it is very different in that respect. You know, I mean, the first time I went on tour as a father, um, I was in Europe, and my daughter was about six months old at the time, and yeah, that was that was that was difficult, and and also just mainly because it was my first kid, and also in that particular time frame, a lot changes. Whereas like now with my kids, if I'm gone for six weeks, it's not going to make much of a difference. You know, being 12 and six, I'm not going to miss much in six weeks in terms of, in terms of development or whatnot, you know what I mean? But like when, when it's your first kid and they're just a baby, it's like a lot changes in that frame of time. And so, yeah, it can, it can definitely bum you out, but yeah, yeah. it's just, it changes your perspective for sure, and obviously, it's a, yeah, it's a very different, it's a very different uh, feeling with where it, you know normally there isn't really a longing quite so mm. early on on the tour to go home. You know, usually it's, it's like sweet, we're out doing our thing, and um, but that's always kind of in the back of my mind, and that's kind of was you know in my in my sitting in there kind of plaguing me.
1: <laughs> I've got a
2: brother in law. They just, I just think, to, be, I think I don't know, the, uh, three months to ago. The band um, Oh go
1: ahead. Oh sorry,
2: go ahead. No, no,
1: finish your go thought. Ahead.
2: Finish your thought. Oh, okay. So yeah. you for, so, just, it was an interesting experience for me to to see um the band on tour, um basically very focused on what they were doing with music but also very focused on their family back home and making phone calls and trying to keep in touch and um you know, maintain that contact, and that really being oh, like God. where their heart is back home. Um, I don't know if well, people really think about that when they think about a punk band on tour. So i was just hoping to right. you know show that in a different light.
1: Oh, absolutely, absolutely. You know, it's, I, I was going to say I have a I have a brother in law and and my sister in law. They just had a baby like three four months ago, something like that. She's great. Everybody's great. Uh, healthy. Everything's fine but my brother-in-law isn't nearly as much fun as he used to be. And he is, he's in that father mode, you know, it's, it's like, he's like the Terminator, but as a father and, um, and COVID has been real, he's, he's real worried about that kind of stuff, you know, haven't been in any crowds, oh. have you, you know, we got the baby you know, you know, and I get it. And, and that's, you know, Hey, good for him. You know, he's, uh, looking out, but, uh, no, you're absolutely right. That isn't what you think of when you think of a, a punk band on tour. You, you know, but they're all guys. They're all, this is their life, you know. This is what's happening and whatnot. Um, let me ask you this. Now, your wife, was she, like, in the scene, I imagine? You meet you her to show? How did that happen? We were actually together
3: from the very beginning. So even when, when the band started, I was actually already with, with my wife. Um, so we've been together for a super long time and, um, it, it it worked out really well mainly because she, even from a a very young age, we, she had her own thing going. Like she, she had her own business. Mm. She's, she does private tutoring and, and, and that's, keeps her really busy so we saw you know through, through all the years of of doing that you know I definitely saw so many girlfriends of band members and wives and things like that and how it usually didn't work very well in this if right. if, if that if the other person was not doing anything if they didn't if they were just kind of sitting at home like, when are you coming home? What are you you know, what what I miss you so much. Whereas like she was just busy doing her own thing. It was like, Oh yeah, okay, see ya, you know, and then cool, oh you're back, that's fun. So it was it it was it definitely made it a lot more uh, you know, it it had a it, it worked much better than I feel that it it typically does for for band guys in relationships because also she was there from the beginning so she it wasn't a shock you know you get in the band with, right, you get in evolution. a relationship with, like a dude, an evolution and you're not really expecting you know what their life is like you know and you're like oh this kind of sucks like i never see him and he i don't know what he's doing out <laughs> there you know and stuff like that is right so it, we had a little bit of a different circumstance because again she was there from the from the top so
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And you've got it. That's the key, man. That is a key. I tell people all the time, they're like, you've been with your gal a long t-, You know, you're my wife now. You've been with her a long time. You know, what's the secret? And I said, I support her ventures, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I'm,
2: mm-hmm.
1: I'm uh you know, I'm right on board with what things to keep. I, Cause I've been, you know, I'm an old man. I, I I've lived life, you know, I've been with people, Who did? Who had idle hands? And you're absolutely right. Yeah. uh, You know, their minds. If it isn't occupied with something fulfilling, it it goes into work. You know, pretty hardcore. Yeah, Um, for sure. That's that's crazy. Well, and having kids and stuff. That's got to be cool. Um, And now, folks, a couple quick messages from some of our show sponsors. Stay tuned. We'll be back with the rest of the interview after these quick messages.
0: please visit us online at www.loveshackapothecary.com. That's www.loveshackapothecary.com. As well as online
2: on Instagram
0: and Facebook. Links are in our website. There's no need to walk this path alone. Join us for a relaxing, informative, and inspiring time and start your journey out of anxiety panic. That's anxietycoachespodcast.com. Aloha. Hey there, my name is Paige Beattie and I am the founder of Hats On and Hats Off. Which are two separate companies, but aligned by the same philosophy of raising cancer awareness and forming smiles. Hats on is a for-profit corporation that sells cancer-specific hats to be proudly worn by you in hopes of raising awareness. A percentage of the proceeds will be donated to Hats Off, which is a non-profit corporation raising money to buy wigs for cancer patients who can't afford them. That's where we're forming smiles. I believe cancer has touched almost everyone's lives in one way or another, a friend, a family member, a friend of a friend. So please visit our website, www.hatsonhatsoff.com to learn how you can help raise awareness and form smiles. Gear, the online webshop of high-end luxury merchandise and products, all featuring original pop art paintings from La Holler to Miami to London, www.merch.jamierocks.us.
1: I don't, I'll i never forget going to a punk show one time many, many years ago. I was with uh, my ex-wife, actually, and uh, she got all bent out of shape. I can't remember the name of the band. Some band was playing, and the wife was there, and the little, little girl was there, and she was, you know... Watching her dad play, and uh, my ex-wife was kind of like, "Well, I can't believe they bring a kid into this show." And I, you know, you know, what anything can happen. I said, "That little girl is the most safe girl in the world, right? Are you kidding me? There's a whole venue here of people that will kill anybody that (laughs) thinks any bad thought about that kid. You know, just a princess. You know, she's got your point. That always blows my mind."
3: it's so funny with that, that people do have that conception of like shows are like not a place for kids. And you're like, really? Like, I don't know. My kids love going to shows. And I, I you know, Absolutely. and I don't even, it, again, really feel like it's a very unsafe environment. It doesn't, you know what I mean? I, I, that's, that's, I mean, I'm sure there are shows that are definitely not
1: appropriate for kids to be. Yeah. You're not going to take your kid to a Marilyn law, Manson I show or something. I get it.
3: Time, it's pretty golden. <laughs>
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I it, mean, unless
2: it's, it's Gigi like... Allen, that's a whole different thing. Right. right. <laughs> a lot of people that function look really tough and mean on the outside, but when you get to them, they're, they turn out to be pretty uh, reasonable or, you know, kind, gentle people.
3: Absolutely. And have values. Absolutely. you know. They're not going to let anyone fuck with a kid, you know. <laughs> that's
1: very true. That's very true. And that's that's so true of so many scenes. You know, you you guys some Friends of Ours, um, they're really big into the fetish scene. And they're like, oh, it's all those God people. I said, man, God people aren't into that shit. They may dress like they are, but they ain't into that shit. It's all the religious right-wing people (laughs) that go to those parties. And now that's who you got to worry about. Uh, (laughs) People you wouldn't think. Um, But yeah, it's, uh, it's cool, man. Let me ask you, Kevin. Now, you've got this and it's out today, ladies and gentlemen you can you can you can buy this you can get it on itunes it's it's on uh amazon i believe um it's out all over the place on demand um now you've got this cool documentary, yeah, i mean it is out there and uh, and and both of you guys can you know turn the t v on and see you looking out. <laughs> That's pretty awesome, man, it happened. Are the gears turning, Kevin, yeah. for the... going to do another documentary, you think, next? Or uh, what's the next... Can you tell us? I know sometimes in film it's hard to say unless you, you know, till the T's are crossed and i dotted. What's going to be the next project, though? I have to ask. Yeah.
2: Um, we are actually in the middle of um, filming with a, the band and the, per- the person, Eagles of Death Metal, and the person, Jesse Hughes. Oh! Um yeah, we're we're really excited about that. We were just in England for about three weeks filming their last tour, and we're hoping to get on board wow. the, the next leg when they're through Central Europe. Um, and we've been doing interviews. And actually, Joey was just at an interview with uh, Jesse last night that we filmed. So, yeah, yeah we had to kind of do nice. it in there as a special guest interviewer for Jesse. Um, yeah, so that's, that's going to be, be the cool. next thing. Uh, yeah,
1: we're really excited about that.
2: Or well, well, Especially with the all
1: the, you know, their the hiccup that happened and whatnot. Um, no, no fault of theirs. Uh, but, man, yeah. that's got to be crazy. Um, yeah. can't even imagine.
3: Yeah. can't even was, imagine. That was very uneasy for all of us, too. You know, uh, I, we were about to go out uh, to Europe, right, not, probably about six months after that. You know, and, and there were definitely people on the tour that, that got a little bit of cold feet on the on the whole thing. I was like
1: Oh yeah. Oh,
3: but it still gets you, I mean, but you know, but then it does offer that that possibility of this could be anywhere at any time and, and you know, you just never know.
1: Yeah, the world has changed. The world I imagine some of those country artists were a little nervous about playing Vegas after that whole thing. You know, I mean yeah, oh, yeah. And it's it's so crazy because, you know you know, yeah, I, I dig, you know, crazy music that's that's all about, you know, the anarchy <laughs> I don't wanna see it. I don't wanna actually <laughs> yeah, you know right. I like reading dystopian novels. I don't wanna live in one. Um oh. <laughs> come on, <laughs> There's gotta be a a boundary between the art and uh
2: reality
1: it's crazy um well that's cool well let me ask you this brig's still going strong right
3: here and there we do things when we can you know lots of lots of projects going on so when we can we do
1: well that's awesome well you've got a new fan and friend in south florida and uh, you know if you guys play down here, and if you can get me into that club with the bottle service, you know you can't get kicked <laughs> out. But uh, no, I'm I'm messing with you, man. I, I, bet, I
3: bet you it's not there anymore. Those places kinda go come and go,
1: don't they? Oh, I'm oh, telling you, I'm telling you. Florida. I think what, what is club a, a good mm-hmm. club? It's weird though because I know some clubs in, in you know like Denver and Dallas and Houston that have been there for you know, 25 years now, and you're like yeah How does those weird places keep going when the and you know what though none of them are these fancy clubs with lasers and holograms and fog machines <laughs> you know none of that yeah well those i mean
3: also, places like that they'll have to keep up with the times they have to like you know they're they're cool now but they won't be cool in 2 years whereas like you know a place that's like a proper exactly. establishment doesn't have to worry about the changing of trends you know
1: that's very true. That's very true. I, it was so funny. I, I had this band on from Detroit, I don't know, a month, a couple months ago. And it's, it's a couple band. It's, you know, it's a gal and a guy and um, a young lady and a, and a gentleman. And, and they're a weird kind of goth band. And they, I, you know, they we were talking about, they're from Detroit, you know, my hometown, we're talking about clubs and stuff. And I'm like, Oh yeah. I used to hang out and I'm like, yeah, that's where we met. <laughs> I'm like, Oh, it's still going. Mm. I love it. <laughs> I love it. That's right. Oh man. They, they probably met there, but they probably, when I was going, they probably weren't even conceived yet. Uh, it's one of those types. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. oh, it's, I tell you, I have to, I had this happen to me about six months ago and it still bugs me to this day. Uh, being old guard. Uh, I was walking into a grocery store and there was some kid. I, and it's rare because here in South Florida, you don't see very many dot kids because it's so hot. You know, it's it's a that's a hot look yeah. to pull off. Um, yeah. But I'm walking into I'm walking into this grocery store and there's this kid, you know, and he's got black nail polish and stuff on, and apparently I wasn't moving fast enough, and he's like, um, you know, he kind of mumbled under his breath, he's like Out of the way, old man. And I kind of like looked and I'm thinking to myself, kid, if it wasn't for people like me. <laughs> Your whole identity <laughs> wouldn't be happening here, you know. <laughs> Do you ever have that, you know, where, you, where you're like, and it was weird because I'm like, I don't think of, I mean, I feel old every morning when I wake up, believe me. But I, I don't know, mentally, I, it's hard for, least so often I'm surprised when something happens. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm in the wrong time. Yeah. How did this happen?
3: You know? Totally. No, I Could believe you... me. It it that took a lot that took a lot of getting used to for sure. There was a long period of time where I was just like wait, what? Now I'm the old guy in the scene. That's weird Cause I always was I because I got into the scene so early, I always felt like I was the younger person. And then I turned around right. one day and I had all these guys asking me advice about this and that and I'm like <laughs> why are you asking me? I'm I'm like your age. I'm like, oh no, I'm not. I'm like fucking 10 years older than you now, you know? So, right. um so yeah, no, I got, it, it did take some getting used to, but, I, but there, I definitely have, I have come to terms with it a little bit more, I think, just because it has been a while now where I had that realization that now I'm the right. old guy. And, you know, and, and, but there is something, there is something a little more relaxed because you are, you don't have to prove anything. And you know, and so right. you have a little bit more freedom to just kind of be whoever the fuck you are exactly. because you you've kind of earned your stripes. You've kind of been you've been around long enough to not have to prove anything. To oh man,
1: know. that's awesome. Well, Kevin, that's gonna happen to you, buddy. If you don't, you know, that's gonna happen. Young stonemakers gonna start <laughs> asking your advice on stuff <laughs> at yeah. some
2: point. Yeah, someday. Someday. maybe we'll
1: see. <laughs> He's <laughs> gonna be like, no. <laughs> Oh, man. Hey, as long as you don't, you know, make the Scorsese up and start putting down superhero movies, you'll be okay. You'll be okay. Uh, yeah. I mean, They're I mean even on their social media.
2: Say whatever he wants, and I'll just, I'll say that's cool. You, can, you go. <laughs> he's he's under- <laughs> that's right, too. Old
1: non-continental. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. Well, folks, we have links up. Um, we have links to uh, all everything. Uh, uh, Kevin's website, um, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, we have the IMDb, the Facebook and Instagrams of uh, the Briggs Doc and uh, and the band. Um, so yeah, definitely check that out. I tell everybody, um, you know, add and like and share your social media. If you're into something, if you dig something, especially like an indie film or whatever. You know, um, chances are your friends are going to dig it too. Your friends for a reason. You guys got common interests. You know, so help get the word out, man. Sure does. And also with with film, however you stream it, however you watch this. Um, well, first I always say this too: don't don't steal, man. Do not steal. I was at a club in L.A. This was many many years ago, and if whenever you go to clubs in L.A., for those who don't know. Uh, when you leave, there's always a bunch of people handing you flyers for other clubs for you to go on and to continue the night. And uh, somebody handed me a flyer. One of my paintings was on the flyer. I'm like, well, I better get free drinks yeah. when we go here because I don't remember anybody asking, you know, and it, it, having your your, your wow. art stolen sucks. So don't steal movies yeah. or music or any of that shit, you know. These people work hard to make this. Um, but anyway, however you stream it, there's usually a place to leave a comment. Um, you don't have to write a doctoral thesis. Let us know. you know. That helps with the algorithm when, when you do that. It's the, weird, the world we live in. Um, to do that, you know, leave comments and whatnot. Well, guys, yeah, it it's been a pleasure. A lot of
2: too, with with indie film and punk rock. Again? Because it, it, it's it, There's a lot of parallels with indie film and punk rock in my opinion because it's very DIY and it is that process of just grabbing whatever you have and going out and making something, you know, even if you don't have all the resources. Oh yeah. So all the support, you know, we get is really, really appreciated.
1: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And people um, to, to just to piggyback on that, if you go see a band, um, you know, and I'm not talking, you know, Going to a local show is, is 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 way different, or a small show, than going to a KISS concert. You know, I don't care if you buy a, a T-shirt at a KISS concert. It really, believe me, those guys are going to make money no matter what. But, but smaller bands and stuff like that, buy a shirt, man. Buy a CD, whatever you got to do. Because sometimes, you know, the merch table, and I know this because I've ran a lot, that's how the band gets to the next gig or eats.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so, Exactly.
1: Help them out, you know? <laughs> Very important. You guys both know this. I'm going to say it anyway. Um, keep doing what you're doing. You guys are real good at it, you know? I love watching this. It was well, just thanks. so cool. Absolutely, Thank you, absolutely. Much appreciated. Yeah? Oh, man. Well, and thanks again for taking time to be on this show. Um, folks, the name of the movie is Gridlocked On Tour with the brakes, you gotta check this out. If you're a music guy like me, check this out. And um, you know, hey, if you missed Valentine's Day and your sweetheart is a music person, uh, what a nice gift you could buy this on iTunes. They'll show up their link with the code and their email. You know, you could still get yourself out of the doghouse. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, very I'm cool. Worried,
2: well, want to put it in a, in a ribbon and put it in a box. Oh,
1: really? Really? How cool
2: yeah.
1: is that? Yeah, the... Well, folks, get the Blu-ray or the DVD because then what you can do is you can, uh, you know, just stop Kevin and Joey on social media and what, find out when they're where they're going to be. They'll be at some, you know, convention or playing a show or something. Take the Blu-ray there. Have them sign it. And then if things happen in life, you can go to Las Vegas, find the Pawn Stars, have a signed Blu-ray, and, you know, get paid for it. Lots and lots of money. They'll have to call in an expert to verify their signature, of course. You know, I've, I've, in my time upon the planet, I have been to a lot of pawn uh, shops. I've never had an expert called in. Maybe I've had bad stuff. Probably so. Oh. Anyhow, on that. On that note, gentlemen, break a leg, best of luck. And, uh, I know a lot of people are going to be picking this up. This is a great film.
3: Thanks, Ben. I appreciate you having, having us on. Yeah. Thanks for having us
1: on. Anytime. Anytime, gentlemen. Anytime. Folks, uh, that's going to wrap it up for us today. Um, we, uh, we will be back tomorrow. We've got, uh, Darren uh, Smith, the, the, you might know his name from um, he uh, co wrote uh, Repo the Genetic Opera. He's going to be on to, uh, tomorrow. They got a new film out called The Second Age of Aquarius, uh, kind of a sci fi comedy type deal, rock and roll type deal. Uh, so be, tune in tomorrow, check that out. This episode, of course, will be converted to a podcast. We'll push it out on all the social media platforms and on all the podcasting platforms. We're on over 500 of them. So look for that. Also, be sure to check out our uh, sponsors and use their code. They all have a code where you can save a couple bucks. And with that savings, pop right over to iTunes or whatever and pick up Gridlocked on tour with the bricks. We'll see you next time, everybody. Have a good one. This has been
0: Pop Art Painter Jamie Rox's Pop Rocks Radio Talk Show. It has been executive produced by Jamie Rock, recorded at his studio in Deerfield Beach in South Florida. All rights reserved by Pop Rocks Limited for broadcast on Block Talk Radio. Panna Oli, Pop Rocks Radio. Estás escuchando Jamie Rocks de Pop Rocks Radio. Manténganse al tanto.
1: Hey, de Harry Hicks, on, uh, Sverige och Okneel, es Pop Rocks Radio, with Jamie Rocks.
0: Blog Talk Radio.